Thanks for tuning in to the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we cover movies, TV, video games, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can do so on our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Just want to start off by saying thank you to all the patrons out there that help us do what we do and everything and have fun on the channel and everything else and just like the last two uh we're going into the, i think it's the third one right now a show called the trailer seekers where me and mr eric over here that started his uh brand new thing that he's out there where he's interviewing a lot of guys you should go see it uh and we'll actually go ahead and push that here at the very beginning but yeah man we're going to be doing uh teenage mutant ninja turtles we got the new movie about to come out Mm -hmm. uh and so we're gonna do the uh old school trailers for the old school 90s movies <laughs> and then we're gonna jump into the uh brand new movies trailer uh that we got so we got four trailers gonna be uh kind of breaking down and looking at right here tonight and eric man like you have started something uh new where you're actually interviewing people from like the reactor space and like you were, we were talking about before the show uh you know you're gonna like enhance that to possibly even go uh further into all that stuff uh so yeah. if you would like to go ahead and kind of tell people what you got going on with the new project yeah um like you said i've uh, started a new series called the reaction first podcast over uh on the passion fruit youtube channel um it is being hosted and produced by uh, the website passion fruit um where i work now and i work with my uh, you know, lovely partner, Drew Grant, as well. She's a managing editor there. And yeah, it's, it's a series that I've wanted to do for a long time where I sit down with uh, reactors of all kinds, you know, for trailers, movies, TV shows, um, and kind of go over their you know experience in the YouTube space as content creators and reactors. Um, and it's been something I've been really working on for a while now, and we are luckily up and running. We have three episodes so far, episode four coming out this week as, as we're recording this. And yeah, I really appreciate you, Justin, for your patience, getting me, uh, letting me get that started uh, as we uh, started this as well. Cause I really, really do love doing this. And especially for like, you know, something like this, you know, TMNT tonight. Um, I know I'm going to get a message as soon as this comes up from our good friend, uh, Andres uh, Gallegos. Yeah. He's going to be uh, very envious that he wasn't involved in this one, but uh, we can't have him on, on all the time. <laughs> That is right. That's right. That's right, man. But yeah, man, this is a fun thing to me, like going back because like we, we've gone through, we've done uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, so far uh, is one of them. And then uh, the other one was Spider-Man. And we got to go back and look at all these movies. Like we didn't obviously Spider-Man was too big. So we did the same thing we're kind of doing now where we kind of pick some of the stuff that we're doing for like across the Spider-Verse and stuff like that before it came out. But like Nah, man, it's super cool. Like, uh, like today, I'm kind of excited because I haven't watched these trailers. Like, uh, I haven't went back and rewatched them or anything for this show because uh, we're actually going to talk about them uh, okay. here tonight as we go around with them. But like, yeah, man, like the, going back to the early '90s, like I'm talking about early '90s. This is '91, '92, and '93. These three first three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies were released, and uh, it was just a good time, man. Good fun. 
during the uh, movies, movies were just movies and uh, we got to watch them and enjoy them and stuff like that. So uh, I'm actually pretty excited about doing uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, especially doing the old school movies. We're not going to oh, yeah. do any of the newer animated movies. Hey, let's be honest. They wasn't as popular as the old school stuff anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Michael Bay films uh, as well, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we might have to skip those <laughs> for the sake of time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe if uh, like there's something new that comes out, maybe we'll go back and revisit them because we've done these already, that kind yeah. of thing. Leaving room uh, to mean, grow further yeah. on and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, uh, apparently they have already greenlit a sequel and a TV series based off this new film that's coming out. Oh, cool. So, so, cool. so maybe we'll go back and do the other ones, yeah. Maybe that's some good news. Maybe that means that this movie's going to be good. I will say this as well. Uh, I am kind of getting more and more excited as time goes on. Because we had talked about this when we first did the show uh, or started the show is uh, when we get to uh, closer to October, uh, especially the month of October, going back and watching some of the old school trailers for like some of the old school like horror films and stuff like that. Maybe adding like a new one. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some new horror movie that comes out, you know, during October and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be super fun to do that kind of stuff. one of the cool things, I guess, about this show is like we're going to keep being able to go on because we're going to be talking about older stuff because of uh, like you saw the banner that I had at the very beginning of here uh, that, that mentioned the strikes and everything else. Like uh, there's not going to be a lot of new stuff coming out here super recent after we get past the stuff that's already done. So hopefully uh, everybody comes to an agreement there and we can start getting back to work, especially y'all, man. Y'all live close to L.A., so. I know this has probably affected your whole community over there. It's kind of sad because a lot of yeah. people will get hurt and stuff. I mean, totally. Yeah. I mean, we could, we any day of the week, we can, you know, go drive down to or the Warner Brothers lot or the Disney lot and go see the, the protesters outside in the heat trying to fight for their rights. Is, is that a thing that y'all just go out there and go give them like moral support, drive by and wave at them, maybe throw some waters? Yeah, yeah, go out there, honk, get a little honk, honk or two when you're out there. I do want, like, yeah, I haven't had the, had the chance to, like, organize this, but I do kind of want to go out there and, uh, with, like, a case of water, just, like, start handing people some nice cold water out there because it's been hot, at least out here. I, oh, you know, heck I don't have to tell dude, you. <laughs> dude, I'm from South Alabama. Let me tell you something now. <laughs> yeah. This has been one of the worst times we've had in a couple of years. We've gotten lucky that, like, it didn't get super hot the last couple of years leading into this one, but we're paying for it now. Yeah. Every day except for the day that we get rain this is we are like there are people in this area that are literally praying for like not a big hurricane or anything but we want a tropical depression you know (laughs) the lowest ranking kind of like tropical storm that you could have to form right above us and just stall out just so that we just we don't even care if it rains all the time because it is ridiculous it is instant swamp ass when you walk outside (laughs) and you don't know what that is like where you live at it gets hot but we have the humidity so when you walk outside, it's like even when it's not raining, you feel like you've walked through a rainstorm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's the thing, though. Is like the, the, the downside about L.A. is that there is no rain. Like we get rain. We have like a, a big month of rain at, in like December and January. Um, but since then, like nothing. And we're probably not going to get, get any rain again until December or January again mm-hmm. coming up. So it's, it's hot not that we love like, rain here, Eric. It's the fact that we need <laughs> rain. Yeah, like just cool exactly. things off for a minute because, like I said, that humidity people don't realize this it makes us feel way hotter than what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather be in a hundred and something degree temperature than being 90 here, for instance. Like, I'd rather be in LA when it's 100 than being here when it's 85 and 90 sometimes. And on top of that, like, 
when it's cold, it, I, humidity also makes it feel colder. So when it gets 20 degrees here, golly, it's cold as hell. <laughs> so yeah, we I get kind of the, the worst of both ends. But, man, let's start this out. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, we're going the first original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, man. Like, here we go. And as we do this, uh, we're talking to Erica before we started this. Uh, we're going to kind of like, instead of watching the thing completely all the way through, if we have something we notice, we're going to like pause it and talk about it as we go, because mm -hmm. uh, that kind of thing. And for you guys, if you want to go back and enjoy the trailer without pauses or whatever, you can do that on your own time. They're all on YouTube and everything else. But let's get this started. The original. First thing I noticed here is the time. It's a trailer and it's a minute and 30 seconds. Yeah. So here we go. Like that don't happen anymore. So, uh, our real right. trailer these days are like two, two, two and a half minutes long. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Bro, I got to stop it already. <laughs> I, I'm not, listen, man, I'm not lying to you. This right here is, oh my God. This is one of my favorite things. I always, for whatever reason, like the bad guys in my old school cartoons. Decepticons were the greatest. I liked Cobra and G.I. Joe. You know, I liked all these things. So for whatever reason, the bad guys were cool as hell, Eric. And this guy, Shredder, was like cool as hell cool looking as a toy in the animated cartoon that you got but man i just remember seeing him for the first time in the movie and was like oh my god they did it yeah it's shredder it's the real shredder the concept yeah. his costume was amazing yeah the, the helmet holds up like yeah the, the funny thing is the uh like the trash bag cape that they gave him for this but like yeah. other than that yeah like it's a great design for a live action adaptation oh yeah i totally agree but i have sorry i had to pause her out to stop no problem. He, he, he just looks amazing the city itself will be our playground to use as we please. We There's the trash bag. Yeah. Our okay, so that is pause. <laughs> yep. That uh, I'll say right now that that is not Shredder's voice from the movie. That is uh someone else's voice that they're using for this uh, to dub for the trailer. That is not uh the the voice that we get in the final cut. Okay. <laughs> this is the thing, right? This is the thing that was great with CGI. That. I actually think the perfect style movies, and I think this is one of the reasons why the last Indiana Jones or maybe even the one before that didn't really hit it too big at the box office. And this is one of my drawbacks, and I'm going to bring it up here, is that when you come down to these movies, it's really uh, you love the old school movies because it felt real. You knew, even though it wasn't Harrison Ford, that there was somebody getting dragged under a truck, that there was all these stunts that were being done by these real people. The problem I think with like the last couple of Indiana Jones movies is when I see them at the very beginning of the movie on a train, I don't feel the stakes like I did back in the day because I know it's fake. I know everything around is fake. Now, what I think is, is there's a beautiful mixture that can happen to where you have the practical stuff, mixed with some cgi not almost all cgi and i think that's where some of the problems with some of these movies are happening now is it's too much cgi it's like people just standing in a square room surrounded by green screens and i think that's happening way too much so the reason why i, I did that is because i got it paused on this foot soldier here if we had cgi back in this day like and it, and it was capable of doing things like it is today like they could make this costume look way better right like with just little touch-ups with some cgi with some computer stuff or whatever but this right here is just old school practical man with basically a pantyhose <laughs> over his head yeah. with like these bug eye things cut out because how realistic it is you can see the fuzz off the material 
like yeah, everything. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's not clean or anything else. Now, that also makes it kind of nostalgic and cool. But at the same time, I think the perfect mix is where you mix these two things, practical and you mix like CGI together in this perfect balance. And there's the thing. It's like Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. You know, Tom Cruise jumped off a cliff. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that kind of thing makes it great. Absolutely. Let's start it back. We 18 seconds in, man. We already probably yeah. talked 10 minutes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Neil. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature. Freaks of nature. Look at look. What the heck was that? What is that? Like sort of a big title in a trench coat. <laughs> I love how in New York they didn't even care. Bro, this music. Look at that, bro. The nunchucks. That was actually a really badass scene right there because of like all the action that was going on in that like oh, yeah. apartment building. I love how there's almost no explanation. It's just showing them like fighting everywhere. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, just clips of things happening. Look, I, I do want to go back one second here. Like, uh, let me see. It was. Let me see. I may not have went back far enough. Anyway, the thing I was trying to stop it on was like when the pizza thing happened, you can tell it was just somebody holding the pizza. Uh, yeah. Oh, right yeah. Above the plate and like just dropped it at the instant so they could cut to it like it just happened and happened to fall on the plate. Yeah. But man, I ain't gonna lie to you. Right now, uh, what did you think about uh, that right there? Like for real? Like uh, just straight up? I, I loved it because it was so different from what we get today. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. Like there's like uh, there's like no there's no real like narrative being explained. It's just like a bunch of, bunch of clips. So, like you know, fun stuff. Fun. Ninja Turtle stuff, right? Like pizza, skateboards, like fighting, like everything you'd expect. Yeah, as opposed to like a trailer that would, would be made today, like there's no buildup to like the reveal right. of them, like right? Like they just like they just like show up and they're like spinning nunchucks and like you know they're like shouting and cheering. Like you know, the, there's no like grand reveal of their design and like their sort of presentation. Um, and that's just like I guess that's like a product of the era, you know. Like back then, trailers really uh, didn't. I, they had didn't have to do as much heavy lifting to like get people excited about like, you know, what the movie is going to be like the, the, the concept of what it is. I think carried it a lot, especially for that time, you know, being the first live action Ninja Turtles movie coming off of like the, how hot the cartoon was at that time. You know, like they have the, they have, they're playing with the uh, house money, so to speak. Yeah. I think one of the problems that we have with some trailers, not all these days are they give out too much. There's too much story. There's too much plot given right. out inside the movie. And I've, I don't think that's good uh, when you already kind of have everything set up. We, we got to remember this movie, there was a 1980s cartoon that people watched, that kids watched. They wanted to make uh, live action movies through them and they did it. So I just think they relied on the property and popularity of their cartoon. They already told the story in the cartoon. You're just going to see it in a different way and a little bit of a different storytelling format in live action so they don't feel the need to like actually showcase every little thing like uh they didn't even like showcase uh splinter for instance on this first trailer or anything like that yeah. so that's that's just one of those things like it still had mystery involved you still needed to go see the movie if you wanted to see that part 
you know, that kind of thing. And it was just showing the fun. Hey, this is a movie that you can go have fun with. If you like the cartoon, you definitely can like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, and like like I said, for the Shredder thing, you know, even at the end, uh, Mikey's voice, when she said, I love being a turtle, that's not the same voice from the film. So it's clearly yep. they were probably still like dubbing it or something, you know, at mm -hmm. the time, probably like refining the voice acting. So yeah, like those small little uh, uh, snippets of things are really interesting to me. And I'm going to be honest with you, you, it didn't get super showcased in that. It got showcased a little bit. Uh, but I actually loved the practical suits. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, my God, they were super good for their time. Yeah. Like, uh, Yeah, those suits yeah. are remarkably good. Like, even, like, they, they really hold up, like, even today. You know, there's, like, the, the jokes that you can sometimes, like, in, in the old uh, prints of them, you can see, like, the actor's, like, eyes through the mouth yeah. when they open too wide. But they fix that, like you said, with CGI now. Like, they can, like, mm -hmm. go back and touch it up a little bit to darken those those areas. Yep. Not super cool, but let's go yeah. on to the next one. The uh, secret of the ooze. <laughs> Still old school new line cinema, baby. I just keep thinking about uh, Wes Craven, man, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Scarf down their slices. Talking about pantyhose. Look how good they look, dude. Like, it's so amazing. Bro, they're getting super goofy with this one. Place to live yet? Well, you know, in this market, it's actually very difficult to find. Like, look, just in this scene alone, like I pause it because of the fact that, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, even their mouth movements, although if you were to, like, slow it down and be uh, very uh, particular about it or whatever, right? Like, uh, their mouth movements are really close to what they're doing or at least what they're saying. Yeah. So as long as you're not looking straight at their mouth and listening at the same time, trying to pick yeah. it apart, like it's truly like believable. Like True. it's truly like really cool that they were able to do that kind of stuff, man. With oh, yeah, costume, for real, like straight yeah. up. I'm good. Subterranean housing. <laughs> you think even an idiot could find a place down here? But no. Yeah. Wow. And I thought all the really good dungeons were in Europe. That was actually a pretty cool set piece right there. I like that. Yeah. Hey, so talking about Splinter, man. There's Splinter right there. Yeah. And that's a very difficult, like the turtle one, because there's like truthfully, there's some detail, but there's not this like uh huge uh deal. It's a lot of smooth services and muscles and stuff like that that you can yeah. uh do with. But his man for that time period. Oh, yeah. Looking at Splinter the, right now is just pretty hair. amazing and awesome. Man. Yeah, with everything. Yeah, there's a lot of detail put into it. Like, again, like you said, it makes it very believable. Like, when just thinking about it, like, you know, like it, it, it's almost like unthinkable to think that you, today that we would have actors in like a, a suit like that, you know, for a live action film. Like, uh, it, the obvious answer is always like seems to be the now. It's just like, just, it's just going to be CGI, you know? Yeah, man. I, I wish they would. Get, like I said, I think there's this perfect balance that, uh, I wish that Hollywood would understand. Like you take this costume that's already super good and maybe you animate it a little more with some CGI, maybe make the mouth movements a little more realistic and stuff like that and clean maybe a couple of things up with the CGI. So basically you take the best parts of practical and then you take the best uh, parts of CGI and kind of intertwine them because there are moments when you're looking at Splinter and he has uh, times like if he's having to move around and walk 
and everything else. Like it does look a little awkward for back in those days, but I still liked it better. I still liked it better than knowing it's just like, oh, this a computer made this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, hey guys, super look, shredder. That's the canister that had the ooze. Oh, that damn. transformed us all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the last one, aren't you? That's old Baxter right there. Yeah. Uh oh. Oh, some animals are knocking down the telephone pole. Hell no! Like this thing is super obvious. <laughs> the next fight will be freak. Oh wait, what's that? I got, I got a joke. I got. Get their own cat. Look, I'm just gonna tell you everywhere else. Like the first Karen ever. <laughs> right there. Right there. <laughs> the next fight will be I, The one thing the critique I have in this movie is the fact they just didn't do Bebop oh, yeah. and Rocksteady. Why did you not do two of the coolest characters ever and put them in the movie? Why did you have to pick two different animals? But here we go. Vanilla Ice Ice Baby back when he was big and chill. <laughs> You know what? I've got to, Eric. I can't. I can't do it. I got. I can't keep going forward without doing this, baby. I'm about to shock the world. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new intention. Rolling. I'm sorry. I just messed it up already, man. The pressure got. I screwed it up. I I can sing that whole song from like verse to verse. The pressure of being live on YouTube. Well, actually, technically not live, but recording on YouTube got me all screwed up. The secret of the ooze. Don't forget, we're titles. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like looking at that because, like, like you said, like that. Well, the the first film is like really fun. Obviously, they get a lot of like the turtle, you know, beats in it with like the pizza, the skateboard, all stuff. But like, it is also like really, really dark and like serious at times. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this film, like, it's clearly from the from the trailer that they wanted to go for like a more lighthearted approach. Uh, to them like and I, I love both films but like yeah the second one definitely is like i think a little more kid friendly in a lot of yeah. ways and that trailer really exemplifies that even like you know getting like the vanilla ice song in there as like a custom-made ninja turtles rap song i think is a uh, very indicative of like what they were trying to accomplish with that second film yes i i remember being at school i was in sixth grade and the teacher wanted to do something cool it was one of the last days of school uh and everything else so she brought because we had to sit in this one thing we were going to do this thing in front of our parents and stuff and we were the sixth graders so we went on last at the end of the night so there was a long time that we had to sit and wait around uh like enough time to watch a movie before we had to go up on stage and do our performance in front of the parents and stuff like that i don't know if you remember having to do anything that like that back in the day but yeah that's what they made you do in elementary school here and there so like um it was actually I think of Christmas. It was for Christmas. It wasn't like the very end of the school. It was like a Christmas kind of thing that we did for the parents. But anyway, uh, the teacher brought uh, the very first Ninja Turtles in, uh, the the one we watched the trailer first. And I remember the teacher going uh, almost crazy, like uh, and felt really bad because uh, Raphael in that movie says like "damn" like three uh, times. Right. And, and and the teacher was like, oh, my God, don't tell nobody that I showed this movie. But it's like she was literally afraid. And that's like crazy that, you know, that was a sixth grade class and she was worried about the word. Damn, I don't even yeah. think they would blink an eye today, which is to <laughs> me like super crazy. Like they show yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff now in schools. But um, nah, man, just a great memory of that happening. And I thought it was really cool. Right. Like that Raphael, the, you know, the badass one with the size 
and he's very emotional, was actually allowed to say the word damn. I thought, oh, man, that's cool as hell. But like, you're right. There were some dark themes in the first one, man. You remember uh, they, you know, when they got with Casey Jones and they ended up having to leave the city and stuff because Splinter was taken and they were kind of overrun and they knew right. where their hideout was. They had to go to that farmhouse and stuff. And Leonardo's having to try to like uh, use his ability to like, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, meditate. And he mm -hmm. finally gets up with Splinter and everything else. And like, it, it was just, it was, it was like super dark and kind of heavy in moments in that film. Yeah. Yeah. And especially going into like the third act where Raph gets like beaten almost to death. Oh by yeah. Plan and almost like, he's, dies, like, yeah. He's, like, he's like, he's like in a coma for like a few days. You know, yeah. like uh, healing up and like, yeah, like that whole the whole section is like so, so dour for a for a Ninja Turtles movie. But you know what, though, it still taught some really cool stuff. It was like you got your boys, man. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to yeah. leave one stranded. You're, you're not going to try to take on the world without your other guy. You're going to wait. You're going to let him be there with you because you need him. You need to be together as a team. Yeah. Like as a kid, like it still was like a very motivational type of thing. And it's weird to say that for a movie. That's why I love that first one so much. Like, I do think they got a little too goofy with the second one. And I got upset because even as a kid, I wanted Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, yeah. bro, how are you going to mess that up? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and, and they did. Uh, <laughs> but in that first one, man, dude, like the, the stories, like, uh, like I said, like uh, them taking care of Raphael and they're not trying to do anything. Then Raphael comes out of his coma and they're a team again and they're full strength. You know, and they got to go save their master. And it was like, boom, but we're not going to leave nobody behind. We're going to go in there together and we're going to get this job done, no matter how like insurmountable the odds were, which is yeah. very like inspirational. Even as a kid, like I could feel that message. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm sure Andres can tell us in the comments uh, why it wasn't Bebop and Rocksteady. Instead, it was Toko and Razor as their, uh, their nemesis in this. Well, movie. he ain't going to be able to tell me like rationally why they made that decision. Now, he can tell me why <laughs> can, they made the dumbest can, decision in history. Yeah, you can get their, their excuse. Because if you have Bebop and Rocksteady, I think in that second movie, like and make it almost as serious, maybe you still have a little more fun with some more jokes and stuff like that. I think this could be one of the greatest trilogies of all time because I actually think like in the third one, you could have even went to Baxter. You already had like in this movie, you set up Baxter as like the doctor or whatever, but he becomes like a, a actual villain towards the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. And you could have did some stuff with him maybe in the third one or picked one of the other uh, evil villains or something like that, like to have in the third movie. And I thought it could have been cool, but yeah. Yeah. Tell me more into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, but yeah, you know, that, that first one, I really love that first one. And um like you said, the part with Raph where he's like, he's like, you know, uh, unconscious for a few days. Um, I think that section actually is maybe like a, a big part of why like Leonardo is my favorite Ninja Turtle among, mm -hmm. the, among the group is because um, I always like liked that Leonardo is like, even though people say he's like the, the boring one, like the stick in the mud. I think that's because he feels like a, a lot of like pressure and like responsibility for it for the, for, for the rest of them. You know, like that yep. scene where he's like he's wait, waiting by Raph every day for him to wake up. I think like exemplifies that really well, and I always found that really touching. Oh yeah, man. Now I like Donatello because he was smart and he had the bow staff, and that's why, man, I'll never forget 1999, seeing the Phantom Menace trailer, and my <laughs> man Darth Maul shows up and has two, the double bladed lightsaber. Right. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got overly excited. <laughs> I'm not going to expound sure. upon that anymore because if we could uh, get a strike on YouTube possibly for what I was about to say about how excited I got. But let's get excited 
about the craziness that's about to go down because listen you had the first one one of my favorite movies of all time like legitimately like literally uh the first teenage mutant Ninja Turtle movie might even be if i were to sit down and really think about it might be in my top 10 the top 20 movies of all time i love that first teenage mutant Ninja Turtle movies i think it's one of the greatest adaptions of a cartoon to a film ever done the second one gets a little silly i but it's like not super bad you can still have fun with some of the cheesy moments and stuff like that but then they decided to jump the shark all right they decided listen baby we going all out i can't even remember if this one right here particularly even went to the movies to be honest with you i'm not sure if it did i think it might have it might have had a small theatrical run but i think it was mainly yeah went to straight to like the home video like home video DVD. Oh, well, I almost said DVD. Nah, bro, this thing came out VHS, baby. Yeah, this might even came out on the Betamax, man. It was so old. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Look at that sweet green screen, PG parental guidance suggestion. Sixteenth <laughs> century Japan. Here we go, baby. The old school voice. Look, you can tell. Look, all right. So I got. I'm pausing it now because I got to talk about a couple things. For one, Eric, tell me how refreshing, how awesome it is to hear the deep voice guy and the, the movie trailer guy in the background. Like, this. Yeah. Do you wish? Do you wish that this still happens sometimes with some of the new trailers? I, I think I feel like it's coming back. I've seen a couple recently um, that uh, use the uh, old school trailer voice, like uh, sincerely, not as like a ironic thing, but as a sincere. Uh, narrative tool uh like i think the dungeons and dragons nice. trailer one of them used it like really like, just straightforward like not even like to do a joke or whatever about it like it was just like yep. a straightforward narrative. by the way my favorite movie of the year so far so underrated should have been yeah. watched by way it should have made way more money than it did that actual movie to me is like the guardians of the galaxy but for dungeons and dragons like man much, i yeah. actually thought that movie was like really super fun and had a lot of heart to it. MCU sometimes I think try to make too many jokes at bad times and everything. That movie didn't do that when it needed to be serious. It was, and when it was funny, it was funny. Right. I enjoyed that movie, but sorry, I I, I had to say that because I thought that movie was no so under underrated this year. Yeah. Right. Let's go. Oh, uh, the other thing I was going to talk about is like this is seriously grainy. Like obviously, uh, this one did not have the production value of the oh, uh, first two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A golden scepter that can open the gates of time itself. Uh-oh. Now, in their darkest hour, come four brave fighters from another time. Another place. I wonder who they are. Another species <laughs> wow <laughs> oh we even got the 80s here and they're back in time i love that actor by the way that guy i don't know like the, the, the guy right there he's played a lot of like great characters destroy these monsters my back in the day like playing like these evil <laughs> evil asian actors <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, you can just tell. Look at this. Oh God! All the falling in the mud jokes. Wow. 
Wow, they're even throwing swing jokes in there. <laughs> Bill and Ted. Well, is it like a Bill and Ted thing? To go down in history. It's just your ordinary uh, time travel equal mass displacement kind of thing. Kids. Oh my god. Ninja Turtles 3. Help! I'm a turtle and I can't get up. Oh my god! Got one turtle joke in there. Yeah, it's funny. I I, I actually I remember the uh, the swing joke now that I see it. But like, I, yeah, definitely as a kid, I don't think I got the reference because I didn't see Wayne's World until like I was like probably significantly older. No, that was Wayne's World. I said Bill and Ted's, but it's around that same time. So like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, you're right. I had had that, those kind of references. That was just like super goofy and off the wall. We can all know why it didn't make a lot of money at the box office. Yeah. It really just went crazy. Like it was a progression of serious movie. We're trying to be, we're trying to win an Oscar in the first one. Like even though they knew they wasn't going to win, they were like, we're going to show these guys. There's going to be real heart and emotion in this movie and stuff yeah. like that. And then, then it's like the second one. Well, we know we're not going to win an Oscar, so we can be a little goofy. Maybe more kids will want to go see it and everything yeah. else. And then the third one, it's like, oh man, let's just go straight, straight to videotape, straight to home video. That's basically what it sounded to me or what it looked like to me. But I do think it got a little bit of a theatrical release, but it obviously didn't do very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the issue is that with the first film, like I said, there's a novelty that you're tapping into just having like a adaptation of a known you know, IP of like the turtles, you know, from the cartoon and like the toy line and everything that people are going to see it. They're like, Oh, like, that's cool. That's cool. I recognize this, like the, the desk. Well, but when you get to the third film, it's like, you're not really kind of like upping that ante of like, you know, identification with like what they know from the stuff that you are familiar with. Um, you lose a lot of the, that momentum. And like, I think this, the, the turtle series has played around with like time travel and interdimensional, you know, plot lines, stuff like that before, but like, not like that really. And like, it didn't really, I don't think they really achieved, the sort of like um you know uh brand awareness that they were able to use for the first two films at least right uh i'll tell you what like uh speaking about this because this is like an 80s cartoon like people had the toys we just had a movie recently barbie that's destroying mm -hmm. it at the box office yeah and what i hope is taken from the barbie movie because i haven't seen it yet because i mean really it's not made for me like if it uh if, if I was with my girl and she wanted to go to the movie. I'm not against going to see it, but I don't have a daughter. Like I have a son too, and he doesn't care about seeing it. Right. So I really just don't have this big time reason to go see it, except for the fact that uh, we do like reviews or whatever, but we're going to have a review done by a couple of the girls like uh, that are with our channel and stuff like that, which is going to be pretty cool. It's going to yeah. be a Barbie discussion for that. So we'll have that out soon, by the way. But the thing I want that uh, I hope Hollywood takes from this is Take a property and make it for its audience. Yeah. Right. Disregard everything else. Because I think if you do that, sometimes you're going to hit the gold mine where you have Barbie that's like, it, that's a women property. It's made for women. Right. That doesn't mean men can't go and enjoy it and have fun with it as well. And I think that's one of the cool things about that movie Barbie that's going on right now is a lot of men are going out there, even though it's made for women and they're enjoying it because of the jokes, the funny stuff and everything else. Uh, so they're enjoying themselves going, right? They're not just going uh, 100% because of dates or anything. So it's this movie that kind of broke past what it's made for. And that's when you make the big money like Barbie's making. But yeah. I really just hope Hollywood's like, nah, man, we're going to make movies to the audience, to the catered audience. Don't try to like 
fit everything in uh, to try to grab 100%. Because a lot of times when you do that, you only get a smaller percentage than what you would have got originally because you have people that doesn't like it as much because it's not there. Like, I want to see a G.I. Joe that's made for dudes that grew up for the cartoon. I want to see a hardcore G.I. Joe, like, let's get it in. Let's don't be goofy. Let's don't be anything like this. Let's make it for men. Let's not, no regrets. Bam. I don't care. Throw a bunch of misogyny in there, man. I don't give a crap. It's just men, right? Not the bad kind of misogyny, but you know what I'm saying? Just make it manly and everything else. And I hope that's the message they take. Like, make these things for the thing. Barbie's not made for anybody else but for the women. But it's a good enough movie that it that is breaking records and stuff out there right now because it goes to the mass majority uh, because it was such a great movie made for women, right? That's what I'm trying to say here is, like, make the movies for your audience and then if you make a good enough movie everybody will come and see it right and not a lot less amount of people coming to see it because you're trying to appease everybody yeah I, that's one of the things i hope they take away from the barbie thing is all i'm saying yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying is that is that really you know barbie uh obviously as, a, as an ip is like a brand that's like marketed towards young girls like right and yeah. so like you know embracing that and giving it to like a really you know well-known women director and greta gerwig was a smart choice and letting her make that vehicle her own in a way where like it represented like the sensibilities of like you know what it means to be a woman and stuff like that it's kind of like the major theme of the film um right it's like is a, a smart move because like you can still build off of like the sort of like again like the identifiable brand awareness of like barbie the dream house all the iconography that you associate with it but underneath that you can let someone tell like a genuine story about what it makes them feel like you know what it felt like from them embracing that sort of thing as their own um and uh yeah like, uh, for something like the turtles uh i think really what it is it's like the turtles appeal to i think obviously like i think a younger like male demographic for the most part like i think it can appeal to like uh, older you know, men now though. Too. older men now too yeah um but like uh, as the toys though but then like now i think i mean the turtles as a as a brand has sustained for so long that they've had different cartoons you know every generation or so every like you know five six years they mm -hmm. reboot it they do another version of it and like it always seems to to find an audience you know and it's like one of those things where like it lasts and like now we're coming up on this like the new precipice of like this new era of like turtles um mixed in with like the uh i think a younger generation because like yes we'll see in the next trailer i think the younger uh the, the turtle are played by are played by younger actors who like they seem like they're genuinely like teenagers like look 13 to 15. You make a great point, and we're bringing it back to the turtles here. Think about if they do what they did for Barbie. One of the coolest things I think they did for Barbie, and even though I haven't watched it, I've seen and know this part of it. I've actually paid attention to the news and what people are saying. But the set pieces looks like an actual Barbie world that you would have, like, played together, like, when you played with Barbies. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about if we got a, a, a live action Ninja Turtles that actually had the turtle van, right? Mm -hmm. The toys that you and they bring those to life, you know, inside of an actual like cool movie that like is catered to its audience. Like, I just yeah. think that would be like super awesome and amazing. And I think that's where the Transformers went wrong. Who cares about making the things look like 2023? We want the robots to look like they did in Generation 1, man. We want Optimus Prime and Megatron to look like their stuff. We want Megatron to turn into a gosh darn gun. Who <laughs> cares how cheesy that is? 
we love the cheesiness. That's part of the reason why we love the cartoon, right? Yeah. Like nobody's going to complain legitly. Oh man, that don't make no sense that Megatron just turns into a big pistol that Starscream carries. Nobody cares. We've loved the cartoon for God's sakes. We didn't complain about that at all. And yeah. just doing those things and making it look like the, that's one of the greatest things I think Barbie did was the set stuff, the set design, making it look like, oh, it is this world. It's like this, the, that, that Barbie would live in kind of thing. I just think, you know, hey man, take the good and the positives uh, from this movie and kind of put it into these other 80s. Cause I do think we're going to get this, renaissance i guess you would say or whatever you want to call it maybe that's the wrong word of like 1980s cartoons or 1980s toys and everything else it's going to be try to be made properties like we know this about hollywood they try to once one thing makes money everybody tries to copy it in their own way if they got any kind people's going to start trying to buy ips here and there they didn't even think about it's like bro we're going to make a movie yeah make millions of dollars like barbie that's what's going to happen but a lot of them is going to fail is the truth yeah yep I agree. Um, yeah, but we're uh, like you said, we're potentially in a renaissance era of like studios trying to like tap into that uh, for the turtle stuff specifically. Like you know, this new one um, is like again, it's the first attempt at a live action, uh, not live action, a animated feature length film for the turtles since the um, uh, forgot what year it was, twenty eleven ish, like the one yeah that came out yeah. uh, before the Michael Bay ones uh, that. Uh, yeah, like uh, that tries to tell like a, a animated story of the turtles in in uh, in the feature length uh, narrative. Um, before that, otherwise, we just had the three live action ones for the '90s, and then the Michael Bay ones, which are also somewhat live action with like CGI turtles. Um, and yeah. Yeah, with this, to your point, they have an opportunity to tap into like the all the notable visible imagery that we are uh, familiar with from the toys, like you know, like like Superfly. You know Ray Fillet, all those characters like we otherwise would be kind of like goofy to to try and achieve in a live action setting. To set that in an animated world, like you just have so much more room to play with. I think so much more you can achieve with that. Yeah, and I'm gonna say we're because uh, I've already seen these trailers. So I went and seen movies, and they've been playing this uh, trailer uh, at the movie theaters and stuff. When you go watch almost any movie, uh, Seth Rogen out there pushing this movie hard. Yeah. And I hope it does. I hope it does well. And I hope it's a great movie and everything else. But uh, we're about to watch the uh, trailer for the brand new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem that's about to come out in theaters. And one of the things that caught my eye and maybe after you watch this trailer, maybe it catches your eye is I think not. it's not a blatant copy or anything like that. But to me, it's more of like a uh, Spider-Man uh, across the universe uh kind of like artistic style that they're kind of going for a little bit here totally. like uh I, I obviously it's not going to be as bright colored and everything else but i'm just saying uh, as far as like the motion and everything else so tell me if i'm right about that maybe i'm wrong because hey, you're the professional here yeah i'm just i'm just a small peon here you know what i'm saying just <laughs> trying to watch stuff and have fun watching it which by the way is i think is the most important thing but as you can see right here before i even push play like just the art style to me looks like the Spider-Man kind of artistic vision here. Yep. And to be honest with you, it looks exactly like the toys. Yeah. Almost. No, totally. Yeah. I mean, even just, yeah, even just the design of each individual turtle, like they're not uniformly, you know, designed in their, their body types. Like yep. Michelangelo's a little more stout, you know, so is Raphael. Leonardo's a little more thin and lanky. Um, you know, like their colors are different tones. Uh, but so, his yeah. swords look plastic. Like if you yeah, see that, yeah. they look literally plastic, but like that's yeah, cool right. because that's what we played with. We played with the plastic toys. Yeah. 
right, here we go, baby. Can I take it? I'm awesome. Boys, where have we been? We're just running errands. That's it. Look, we're really sorry, Splinter. Some of the guys wanted to get pizza, and I tried to talk them out of it. Yeah. You ratted us out. Hey, yeah, bro. Don't use that word that way. I mean, it's 2023. Sorry, right Dad. I gotta say though, I don't love the Splinter design in this. Hey, guys. Well, for me, he just doesn't resemble like exactly what Splinter looks like. What would you guys do? Go to high school. I think he's voiced by Jackie Chan. Can you imagine that? Not likely. You see what I'm saying? Like it just reminds me of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse with the way they're doing things. I want to know everything about you. Our dad is definitely not a giant rat. That makes me well, feel like he's a rat. Police are baffled by the recent crime wave led by a super fly. Nobody's ever seen his face. Why? Because he kills everyone who does. Whoa. Whoa. Cool. No, not cool. No, that's kind of cool. cool. We become cool. super fly, and then everyone will think we're cool. They'll accept us. Can I kick it? He's making a deal tonight under the Brooklyn Bridge. Can I kick Chick. Whoa. Whoa. Chick, 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 Whoa, chick, look at this dude. Just a little tortoises, huh? I can't believe there are other mutants. You want to roll there with us? Right Humans are never gonna like us. So we're gonna let the mutants rule the earth. Bro, I'm really loving this animation style that uh, okay, um, they're starting to pick up here in America. I always felt like uh, America was always like behind the Asian countries when it came to anime like that in animation but i think these spider-man stuff and this light here looks really super cool yep yeah boy my son michael you have heart he does you have wisdom Raphael, you have bravery and leonardo honor enough talk i dream about fighting every night you got a rage problem it's not a problem that's actually I tell you what, man. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's coming coming out in a, because it's coming out soon, and I think this Barbenheimer thing and like uh, other movies that are out there is going to be taking like money from it that it could have made if it was in a more open spot. But that trailer, man, makes me kind of hyped to go out there and see this movie. Like, yeah, that no. I, think I could have fun with it and everything else, right? Like, totally. um, it it looks really good. Looks fun. I love the animation style. That's one of the big reasons why I want to see it is just from that alone, man. Just how cool it looks to me. Like I said, a Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse and stuff that one of the things other shows that we did, like the animation style looks kind of similar. Like it's different colors and stuff, obviously. Yeah. But the way it's made and the way it's formatted and stuff like that looks really cool. I think this is some of the best animation work from an American studios and stuff like that that I've ever seen comparative to like anime that you normally get. It's always been like the Asian uh, culture that's always had like the best animation. If you wanted to see really good animation and you wanted to see the best, you're going to go turn on one of your streaming services, put on a real anime and you're going to have to read because it's going to be in like J Japanese or Chinese, whatever, like uh, voice is like, like that's going to be the language that you're going to hear. You're going to have to read it with subtitles or whatever. Yeah. And it's just really cool. You watch it because it's so cool looking in a lot of times. Sometimes you may not even dig the story as much. But it's so beautiful, so captivating, like how good these things are starting to look. So props on that. Props totally. on that. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, like I, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're absolutely right. Because like, like I mentioned, you know, before about the previous animated film that they tried to release, um, just animation, uh, I think I mentioned this in the Spider-Verse review we did too, it had just been so stagnant for like almost like two decades worth of like Pixar, you know, paving the way. And that's that style of 3D animation kind of set the, the standard of like what we got, you know, following that we got Pixar, Illumination, everything, but everything kind of fit the mold of like the similar just sort of 3D you know, animated design that we had for like all those films. Uh, Spider-Verse is the one that kind of broke the mold a little bit where like they made a whole new style of, of animation that we hadn't seen yet. And now we're starting to see the repercussions of that with certain films starting to emulate that same style because that that the, that um, specific engine that they use for the animation isn't patented. Like they don't, like I think they it's, uh, other studios can use it, you know? And like, so now we're, now we're starting to see that. And I think this is like a good example of a film with a really big, brand behind it like using it like the same way spider-man did and it can like i think break new ground in that regard like you know like you said to even though it's gonna be going up against uh barbie and oppenheimer um th there is a, a good uh potential for counter programming there with kids who aren't obviously going to want to see oppenheimer like you know a 3d biopic right. and might not want to go see barbie they might be the young male kids that want to go see ninja turtles or whatever you know and like i i just think it's that the biggest test will be you know how strong is the turtles brand today i think that's the real key to a success like is it still you know popular with kids do the kids still buy the toys so on so on because like this is appealing to like just a, a really big you know yeah demographic of like people who are really familiar with like the scope of the of the toys and everything but superfly all the deep cut characters um once mm -hmm. if those things kick off then like yeah they have the potential to yeah spin this into like another film where you can do shredder you can do the the, the series everything it can really like just launch like the uh turtle brand into like a whole new stratosphere uh along with yeah again how it looks in animation which can then launch it into like a new era of sort of like just filmmaking in general yeah, I totally agree. I think one of the biggest things that the Turtles have is like, it's an inter interesting portrayal of ninjas. Now, yeah. Let's be real here. The appeal is we got some ninjas. Yeah. Everybody likes to be ninjas. I mean, <laughs> back in the day, uh, I used to call it uh, uh, Ninja Toes, man. I'd, I'd put on some socks and then go grab my flip flops. And then you oh, know yeah. how the flip flop, the thing in the middle would be in between the toes and make you look like you were wearing like the super cool like ninja feet things, you know, they would yeah. wear and doing their thing so that, that's what we called it and we'd laugh and have a good time but man it's just about nostalgia having a great time uh remembering the toys i just hope that some people like i know this is sad to say like uh but i think some people like it doesn't bother me at all i i, I don't care these are like fictional characters i do care a little more when it's like um something that's maybe more substantial or especially like if it's a realistic character like uh some people just let this stuff like get right up their crawl and that's like with uh race swapping we got the april o'neill thing here they changed her around you know from what we saw like in the original movies and even in the cartoons and stuff like that and all that that doesn't bother me that much april o'neill was just a side character that wasn't all that important so it doesn't even matter to me period as all that goes and as long as it's done cool and like it's a cool character in the movie I don't care. I like I said, I think people take some of this stuff way too far. So I hope that doesn't hurt it at all, period. Unfortunately, I think people are trying to throw politics into almost everything that's out there, right? Even when it doesn't belong to be in it. It's like, oh, this movie's what? Oh, politics, 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 politics. Bro, I go watch movies and get away from politics. <laughs> I don't care, man. Like, shut up. Like, let's just go out there and have some fun, watch some damn movies. 
yeah like and everything else right it's like and that, that's what the biggest thing here and that's why i love doing this show with you uh, you know and i could have did it with almost anybody else but i'm glad it's you because like for one you know how to do things like edit and things so you have your particular eye for things that i wouldn't have it's just like a normal fan that reacts to stuff so i thank you a whole lot for like doing this with me but at the same time you're really cool to like break down uh, movies and we might see different things and from a different uh, side or a point of view or whatever, right? It doesn't matter. Right. But we can still have fun and discuss uh, these movies and things that we see. And that, that's just what I wish like the fandom everywhere would just start doing, man, like having fun, actually just watching these things and stop trying to get into your skin and in your head and everything about this stuff. Like it's movies are made to go and escape and have fun, not, not yeah. the trenched in the things that you live everyday life in right so right. let's do that guys and let's have fun but yeah man like i said dude i love just sitting down i'm one of these people that love like watching things with people that also have the same kind of passion and and stuff and we can like talk about these things and discuss them and break them down and like i learn things right from listening to you and i hope every now and then you learn something from uh listening to me and like my point of view on these kind of things man so like Absolutely. i'm I, and I, I'm love doing this, like, and everything else. But yeah, you're right. We had to give you a. I, I, I on purpose didn't get up with you at first because I knew you had this new project uh, that you had going on over there at Passion Fruit, which I think's done really good. I want to reiterate that, guys. Like, if you happen to see this, you made it this far in the video. We talked about at the very beginning. Eric, my man's got a new project going on over at Passion Fruit. If I'm not mistaken, a YouTube channel's been kicked off and everything. So go subscribe to that and go watch uh, Eric's got two interviews uh, out so far three now yeah three? three now is it three released i know two have been released uh at, at the time i think by the time this episode comes out if you're watching this later uh we four released oh okay damn yeah. so that, eric over here interviewing everybody that's what <laughs> i'm saying you know what i'm talking about but like yeah dude that's like uh super cool i haven't watched your last one uh i watched the uh first two but like i said it was a great job great fun man it's like cool like sitting back and talking to the, uh listening to these people you know tell uh, their stories about like what they do and everything. And as far as like a smaller channel, like we got over here, you know, trying to do our things, like it's super difficult because, you know, two of the main people that are a part of this team that do this channel, me and Ferris, for instance, have full-time jobs right. and like other responsibilities. He has school on top of that. I'm a single dad on top of that. And then like, so we're doing the best we can and doing the most we can whenever we have free time to try to like do things and have fun and talk about this stuff and everything else and uh, trying to make the channel bigger. Cause it's kind of exciting. When we first started the channel, we thought, oh man, it'd be cool if 10 people watches, you know, and now we got almost 850 subscribers uh, moving on to the thousand mark. And if we just had the watch time right now, we'd already be able to be monetized because they changed the way that monetization works. Right. So it actually helps. It can help a smaller channel as long as you get the watch time hours up there. And that's the only thing we're missing. So it's kind of exciting uh, doing our thing uh, over here. But it's just the different perspectives of all these people that do different channels and do different reactions and, and do all these things. And even though we're a smaller channel, we've had like Ferris go out and actually interview uh, two like pretty decently. Like uh, one of them has like a five or six, maybe four or five uh, best selling author. Like uh, he had wrote like uh, it's on our sports channel. It's an interview that we did uh, with a guy who oh, wrote yeah. like a new Bo Jackson like uh, book. Uh, he's also interviewed a guy that like works in say like uh, kind of like behind the scenes on like movies and stuff like that. And uh, they've both been really good. But yeah, man, even as a smaller channel, we've interviewed a couple of people that's pretty crazy. You wouldn't even think about uh, being able to do and stuff like that. And 
that's cool because like, you know, people are cool out there because they're like, man, you know what? You want to talk to me, man? You want to learn some things? Let's do it. But yes, yeah. thank you, man. You always were that person that stood out. I mean, you probably, I, I don't want to embarrass you too much here because I'm giving you a lot of praise right now. But <laughs> like, you're that one person though, man, like when we were doing the movie trivia, Schmodown stuff and everything else and all that, like, but even beyond that, you always helped out reactors, but you always like did some cool stuff for them. Uh, like when we were able to go to the LA at the last spectacular, you know, inviting us to your house and welcoming them, welcome them, you know, in your home, uh, you know, and you, I've seen you do things with like uh, the other, you know, bigger reaction channels and stuff like that, where you've helped some of them like behind the scenes, like with editing and everything else, but you'll have get togethers, even when it was like during COVID and stuff, even if it's like a big zoom call, like where you just get all these people together and just have some fun. Uh, you've always kind of like wanted those people. It, it never seemed like you did anything for yourself. It was like you were always trying to help and make these other people feel, feel welcome, which is pretty <laughs> awesome to be a person that can do stuff like that because most people don't. So I want to give you a big, huge thanks. And I hope uh, your passion fruit project and stuff like that goes shoots out of the stars, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate all that. Uh, truthfully. Um, yeah. Like, I, I've been really passionate about this space for like a long time um, as I think even longer than I was involved with the Schmodown. Um, so it's something like I'm really dedicated to. And uh, yeah, I'm really thankful that Patch Fruit's given me the uh, opportunity to sit down and just chat with them, you know, uh, give them a highlight, you know, of like what they've gone through, what they can share with others, you know, to help others along the way. So like just, you know, in that sense, it's like a nice cyclical uh, thing to, to be able to push mm -hmm. forward. No, yeah, man, because uh, I used to, I, I know it sounded funny and stuff, but I used to call you the magic man. And it wasn't just because of your super awesome promos that you put together. I just thought you were a magical style person, man, because you're one of the first people that we interviewed on our channel, period. Go right. back and look at the old things. You're one of the first interviews that we did. Uh, we sat down and talked to you, and uh, it's just really cool that all, now it's been a couple of years. It's kind of crazy to even think about, but it's been a few years, and you're back over here on the channel, like, hanging out with me, talking about some trailers. Yeah, yeah, we are. Here we are, man. <laughs> it came for full, full circle. But yeah. thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to the Patreon members. Uh, you can join that. It's probably in the descriptions below. Uh, please like and subscribe to the channel and stuff like that. Help us out, uh, get seen. And I hope you guys had fun going back and reminiscing about the old school Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from back in the 90s, even though it went off the rails at the end. It started out beautiful. It started out beautiful, Eric. But <laughs> with that being said, like I always say before we get out of here, uh, there's a lot of people that sexy in the movies, but they're not the only ones. You can be sexy in your own life. So stay sexy, stay sexy. It's a, it's a thought. It's not about, it's not even about the looks, man. It's a mentality. Right. It's a mentality. Be strong out there, guys. Love you. Peace.